Welcome to the Sprint to Profit podcast with Kirsty and Isaac. If you are an Amazon seller looking to grow your business with some of the latest tactics and strategies, along with some great guidance for your overall business, then you are in the right place. So pay attention and if needed, take notes. Let's get started. Hey everybody, welcome to the Sprint to Profit for Amazon Sellers podcast. It's Kirsty Nizek from Real Coaching here again to help you get some invaluable insights about how to succeed long-term on Amazon by creating a cash-generating business that puts money back into your pocket instead of flying out the window. And this week, we're going to be speaking with a personal friend and PPC expert, Daryl Patterson, who's one of the co-founders of Sponsored Profit, about some of the things it takes to be successful on Amazon these days and what insights he has been seeing through his service and software company that he can share with us today. That's right. So hi, Daryl. How are you doing today? Yeah, I'm good, thanks. Good, good. And Daryl is good. from the UK and uh, the Midlands in the UK. You can hardly so tell from his accent. You can already tell that from his accent. <laughs> don't, know what, don't know what you mean. <laughs> so it might take you a couple of times if you're not from there to understand. No, I'm only joking. People get that from me as well. But, you know, Daryl has been in the Amazon PPC game since about 2015 now, I think. He's also the co-founder of Sponsored Profit, which is a business service that focuses on helping Amazon sellers track and manage their all-elusive Amazon ad campaigns to build a more successful business in both sales and also profit, which is why they're called Sponsored Profit, right? Because it's not just all about getting the sales. You actually want to make some money from the sales, which I think that's what really makes you guys different. He was also a seven-figure Amazon seller, but now is looking to help Amazon sellers scale their business and keep their cash flowing by understanding how to get help with sponsored ads. And I know that this is a big area for a lot of people, regardless of how long you've been selling on Amazon, because there's always new stuff, right, that's coming out for existing sellers who's, who sell, who have been selling for a while, but also new sellers. I just feel like people are bamboozled for like years <laughs> on this subject, so Daryl's going to help us kind of simplify a lot of that down today, which is why we love working with the Sponsored Profit guys as well. And um, before we get into all that cool stuff, though, maybe just give us a bit of um, bit of background to you, Daryl. You know, how did you get into Amazon and how did you end up then going into uh, PPC? Yeah, so, uh, so I was in the Royal Navy. I was an aircraft engineer. And when I eventually left... I uh, left the forces. I was contracting, still fixing helicopters and aeroplanes. And it all seemed great for a while, flying around the world, staying in hotels, you know, living living the high life. But eventually that gets a bit I gets a bit too much. So I was looking for something a bit more stable uh, and something I could do from home. Obviously I had, a, I had one little one at the time. I've got three now. Um, but yeah, I wanted to be at home more with, with the little one. Um, and yeah, I come across this selling you know, selling on Amazon opportunity, and that was yeah, that was twenty. I think that was actually twenty fourteen. Jeez, time flies, eh? So that was yeah, and um, started selling uh, selling a product on Amazon, and then I actually met you guys. <laughs> so this is how our stories kind of kind of intertwine. Met you guys at an event uh, in London, and yeah. That's the rest is history, I guess. It was that totally changed my business, and I started to, to be quite successful building a completely changed from selling products on Amazon to building a brand on Amazon. And this is really important from a PPC perspective as well. But then I started digging into PPC and proper nerding out on it and trying to absorb as much information about it as I could. 
started doing well with my own campaigns and then started helping a few friends and yeah just kind of grew from there really a couple of people turned into a few more people and then people like wanted to pay me to to do it for them and then yeah then we started sponsored profit and now that's that's what we do we have two two sides of the business i run the the agency side uh, and then we have the the membership which tim kind of heads up which is typically geared towards the you know the seller that wants to do it themselves and wants to learn a bit more about ppc rather than hand it off and, and have somebody else to them. and yeah that's that's kind of where we're at now yeah awesome yeah i mean you guys have been doing this i think what did you say 2018 is that when you started sponsor profit uh sponsor profit was started yeah three three years ago yeah, yeah so that's so you've had a lot of time to see a lot of people do Good and bad things. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, and a lot's changed in that, in, just in that three years, right? It's, oh yeah. It's that's the only the only thing that's constant on Amazon is that nothing's constant on Amazon. It's yeah. Pretty much every week there's a there's a change. As well, well and I think it's it's it. partially to their credit they want to make as much money through ad revenue from sellers as well, right? So I mean, it's just another stream. It's just like Facebook charging you for Facebook ads. I mean, that was yeah. literally Facebook's biggest source of revenue is ads. And so Amazon is like, Hey, why don't we just kind of capitalize on that as well? Um, so yeah, I mean, and, you know, we didn't have probably 30 to 40% of the ad platform that we have now three years ago, even like there wasn't some of that stuff, even it didn't exist. Not at all. It was, it was so simple. Even, yeah, even three years ago, it was, there was the sponsored products and they were just starting there's a little a little bit of sponsored brand but now there's so many more different ways you can advertise on amazon i mean some of our some of our accounts now have over 40 different campaign types that's insane like they're just they're ads right they're just different placements but yeah there's 40 different ways of 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 using ads now on amazon and back then it was like four yeah (laughs) So obviously, and in, in over the years, and in, in, in your experience, what is it? Why is it so important for you know Amazon sellers to actually manage their advertising properly? And uh, kind of just what problems do you see Amazon sellers have with PPC in general? I think the the biggest thing when people come to us is the especially on the on the agency side, typically you know, sellers that have been around a bit longer and you know, typically you know, slightly higher higher revenues and stuff, but it's normally because they've they've kind of hit a brick wall, you know. They've they've, they've got so far and, and their business has stagnated or even started started shrinking. And that's because Amazon's growing every year, right? They're they're doing all of these new new things. They're doing Amazon Live. They're doing Amazon Attribution and Amazon DSP for off Amazon advertising. And but they're, they're constantly doing more things to try and get more customers and sell more to the existing customers. So it kind of goes without saying that if you don't keep up with Amazon's growth, somebody else is taking those sales to contribute to that growth, right? So if you're not keeping keeping track with Amazon and they're growing 37% year on year, I think it's 37, 38%, something like that. Mm -hmm. But if if you're not keeping track with that, then you're leaving money on the table, right? Somebody else is scooping up those additional sales every year. Yeah. I mean, it's it's uh, Amazon's not going to stop growing anytime soon. So obviously, that means more sellers are going to come in, more products are going to be sold. You know, even on the the products that are currently being sold, there's going to be more competition. So, I think 
knowing your PPC is going to be and, and understanding it well, and not just being like, Hey, I've got some campaigns running. I've got an auto campaign running, knowing it well is probably one of the top, probably three things you can do in your business to stay competitive long-term. Yeah, definitely. That That's one of the, that that's the one trend that kind of is, is difficult to, to keep on top of, right? The more competition that comes in, like you said, for, especially for existing products, if you're selling a product that's got high volume and does lots of sales, that's going to attract more competition because unless, you know, like you guys teach a different way of product selection, there's lots of tools out there that just, you know, everybody ends up selling the same thing, right? Mm-hmm. So it's a one-way it's a one-way ticket to throwing your money away because all that's going to happen is the cost per click over time is going to keep rising. Your conversions... Uh, you know, can can only go so high. No matter how good you are at, you know, your, your product images and your product listing, if the cost cost per click is still climbing and climbing and climbing, and your profitability is going lower and lower and lower because it ends up in a price war, then there's nowhere to go. So yeah, understanding how to how to maximize your ads and and be able to run ads profitably, even in a competitive space, is is what sets the the people who are going to come out on top and the people that are going to struggle in inevitably go to the wall with with these high competition products yeah and how do you you know some people will be sat kind of listening to this they'll be like oh how do i know when that's happening like what 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 do you think the key things that people can look out for for themselves the cost the cost per click rising is the is the most obvious one and this is why it's really important to track your track your metrics right mm-hmm. you have to if you're not tracking this stuff then yeah, you wake up one day. We've, we've, heard, we've, I'm sure we've all heard num- numerous sellers say, "Oh, just overnight, like they've dropped off, they've dropped off page one overnight, and now their sales are tanked." And you know what's going on? It's, it's a. Carol, I think you said that to me one time. Probably <laughs> did, <laughs> but but yeah, the the point is, is it's not overnight, right? Yeah, this these these things are. It's like what they say, like a death by a thousand cuts, or you know, it's just these little bits of of your your sales that are going to going to the competition that eventually get to a point where Amazon goes, you know what, you don't deserve this position anymore, and then your organics rank starts to drop and your overall sales start to drop, mm-hmm. and it's much harder to to get that back than it is to keep it once once you've got it. Yeah, and with um, say. You know, you you're kind of like describing the perfect storm there, right? So you've got you've got what's happening that you can see like every day. So you've got the rankings, right? So if you're tracking, you know, where you're at for the rankings for the main keyword, if you're tracking what the competition's doing, are they going up and down in price? You know, is your conversion rate, you know, fluctuating? But then also from a ads perspective, what do you recommend that people look at in terms of cost per clicks? Like how would they track that, for instance, to see if it's a trend or because I think what people t- try and do is just go for a cost per click that they think they can afford as opposed to understanding what, what's actually happening in the category. Yeah, well, Ultimately that, that is where you need to get to, right? You, you can only pay a cost per click that you can afford. And this is where most people fall down. If, if you can't afford to, to, to bid on the keyword, if you can't afford the cost per click for that position, then you, 
you shouldn't be bidding on that keyword at that at that level, right? That that's just it. This is this is probably the easiest thing to to change and to to make a ma- like an instant impact on 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 your campaigns, but it's the hardest for people to grasp and and accept. So, just a, an example: like if you've got a product that sells for twenty dollars and you've got a fifty percent margin, so you've got ten dollar cash margin on on that product your average cost per click is a dollar and your average conversion rate is 10 percent. so on average it takes 10 clicks to generate a sale a dollar a click ten dollars right so you'll break even if your cost per click on that particular keyword that you're that we're targeting is two dollars you've still got that same 10 clicks to generate that sale so now you're spending 20 dollars to make that sale like that's 100% ACOS. And that's where people kind of go, oh, but that's my main keyword. I, I have to I have to lose money on that keyword. No, you don't. Like, there's so many different ways that people search for products that if you can't afford to, to bid on that keyword, then don't bid on that keyword. Your main yeah. keyword isn't always what, your key, what you think that keyword is. Or it might be the main keyword. It's just that you, you can't, at this time, with your current conversion rate and the current cost per click, you can't afford to bid at that level. Yeah. So go and find other ways of doing it. And that's that, that's what we have to do. That's what we do day in, day out, right? We try and find profitable ways to make sales so you can grow your business. If you just focus on those type of keywords consistently, you're just losing money over time. And in that scenario we just mentioned, if half your sales are coming from PPC, which is quite normal in the early days of, of any business, right? It's actually more than that. But if you're losing more money than you're making in profit on every single sale, you're just throwing you're just throwing money away. You're not making anything. So how do you even replenish your inventory? Let alone, you know, grow grow your your portfolio of products. Let, or go let into debt, obviously. Advertise or get into <laughs> debt. Yeah, like that's not why we're in business, right? Yeah. Yeah. There is a no, level what? of investment in it, particularly in the early days, and if you're looking to to really be aggressive and scale. On products that you know are profitable, that's different. You know, then then you're you're investing additional revenue wisely, right? Knowing that you're going to get a positive return. But certainly in the early days, yeah, it's you just got to be always thinking about how can you how can you tweak and adjust these ads to make it at least break even, if not actually generate a profit. Yeah, I think what you've described there is literally what most, I would say all Amazon sellers go through at some point, right, is that kind of either realization that, oh, I can't afford these keywords and therefore I'm not going to get the sales that I thought I was going to get or I, why am I, or I'm spending all this money on PPC so I'm just going to shut everything off and um, just turn it all off completely. Yeah, <clears throat> and never, never use it again. It's evil, right? And so <laughs> you've got like these two two things that kind of people go through um and i think really what you're saying is is that you can get some sales obviously you can use amazon sponsored ads you just need to understand what you can afford within the margin that you have and if you don't have the margin then you have to work on the margin right if you don't have the conversion then you have to work on the conversion and then you can then figure out okay well how much can i afford to spend and be be happy if you like or make peace with yourself that this is the amount of sales that I can afford right now until I can maybe, you know, make more money on, on other products or whatever. Yeah, a- absolutely. I, I, 
I can take I can take pretty much any product and generate lots and lots of sales because yeah. there's so much traffic on Amazon, and you can convert on keywords that aren't necessarily what you, can, you know, think of the relative relevant for your product. There's, there's so many ways, different ways that people search that you can get in front of a massive audience and you can make lots of sales. But that's not why you're in business. Like yeah. if, if you if you if you want to go and post on Facebook, oh, I've done a, a hundred grand in sales this month. Brilliant! How much money did you make? Uh, uh, then they're, they're, they're definitely more reluctant to share those numbers, aren't they? But yeah, ultimately, if you can afford a dollar per click, that's all you should be. That's all you should be bidding. If that means that you don't make fifty sales a day on that product, you make ten sales a day. So be it. But you're making money. Yeah. Absolutely. So there's no, like you just said, that's the leaky bucket syndrome, right? If you're literally just spending money to get the vanity metric or the vanity, um, what would you call it? Screenshot, right? Of looking at your yeah. daily sales. It's not good enough. You look good on the outside, but basically you've got nothing to, you've got like, as my grandma would say, you've got no knickers on. <laughs> you haven't got a business, right? Yeah, exactly. And ultimately, most, most, well, most, most people we work with, most of our partners, are looking to sell. And people don't buy unprofitable businesses, generally, right? They're looking for a business exactly. that's going to generate a profit for them. That's why they want to invest in buying that business. So you know, be thinking a year down the line, two years down the line, and how you, how you what you're doing now is going to affect you know, how much you can sell your business for. In, yeah, and, and also I think, you know most people that when they first get into this business as well that it's not they're not thinking about selling straight away right that's like an outcome that is a potential in the future but at the end of the day you want to be able to generate enough money from the business so that you can live on it you can quit your job if that's what you want to do um and if you build it that way then it's going to be valuable for someone who wants to buy it so you know i think um it's it's all about really understanding the fact is the profit is going to be the thing that's going to make you more successful and get it's, the money allows you to do other things, right? It's not just the money itself. So I think um, just making that switch between driving top line sales and just having enough profit in the business and being a smaller people. business that's profitable. Yeah. A smaller business, a business that's doing 50 K a month that's profitable is way more attractive than a business doing 250 K a month. That's not making any money. Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah, I think I watched the uh, the WeWork documentary that they had the uh, on, on on Hulu or something, one of the streaming services, and they kept scaling so fast and so fast, and then they're like, "Oh, the investor that was putting all their, all his four billion dollars in or whatever said, I am not going to give you any more money," and all of a sudden that almost went bankrupt overnight because that that deal didn't go through. So you can think about you know growing and growing and growing, but if you don't have cash flowing and flowing and flowing, your business is literally a house of cards. Yeah, so. absolutely. So when we when you were talking about selling and, and some of the people that you're working with selling, I mean, this isn't just hypothetical. You've actually had literally like a few of your 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 partners that just have sold their businesses and you guys have already helped hundreds of sellers already. Um, one person who is actually one of our clients, his name was Brett. Um, he's he's got a great little story. Uh, you know, he was in our in our coaching program and then he enlisted your help to help scale because one thing about Brett, he's he's kind of a procrastinator. Uh, he, he, we tell him to do some stuff. He kind of get part of the way through it. And then he'd be like, ah, it's too much work. Let me go see if I can get somebody to help me do it. So he actually kind of reached out to you guys and kind of explain what happened next and what kind of 
what kind of service that was that you were working with him on? Yeah. So like you said, Brett obviously was working with you guys first and that was that anyone who hasn't worked with you guys, I highly recommend they do because it changed my business and I wouldn't be here if, if, if I hadn't. And the same way, the same with Brett and, and, uh, and Nick who, who sold this business like a year ago now mm-hmm. and another one who just sold but but yeah I think the difference the, the difference with Brett was he had good products right he had he had high star ratings he had lots of reviews he had really high converting listings and well high converting to me maybe not to you Isaac because I know you're <laughs> the uh, conversion king but but yeah he was, he was converting you know high 30 high 30 low 40 percent which good. in a PPC in PPC terms, you know, a thirty-three percent conversion means you convert one in three clicks. That's that's insane, right? If you can get your ads to do that, then yeah, you, you've got no issues. The average is one in ten clicks, so you know, one in three or four was, was was brilliant. But yeah, so he he had worked on on the whole, um, you know, the, the the product listing. He had a great listing, high conversion, great images. So all of that stuff was already already in place and his his ppc campaigns were were okay right they they were being managed in a way that focused on just on acos and and this is what a lot of a lot of sellers tend to do that's the only metric he was looking at so he's he's got a, a profitable acos and that translated into however however much ad spend each month but he wasn't utilizing all of the, the sponsored product advertising types. He wasn't doing any brand ads. He wasn't doing any sponsored display ads. I've already said there's like 40 campaign types at least now. But even back when we started working together, the, the first thing was just product targeting. He wasn't doing any product targeting. Now, the, the category he was in, there was lots of complementary type products that made sense. That people interested in buying his products would have seen on other product detail pages mm-hmm. that, that were different but complementary products, right? Kind of like the bought together with frequently bought together with type of thing. Yeah, ex- exactly. It's the same type of audience. It's got the same interests, but they're not actually in the market shopping for that particular product. But when they see it alongside another product, they go, "Ah, oh, I'll have, I'll have that." And then you're exposing to the other parts of your brand and, and so on it goes. But yeah, we, we were able to, to, to take his already you know, reasonable results and grow his business by 300% in, in less than 12 months. Yeah. And he, 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 openly, he openly says as well, like he done nothing. He didn't launch any new products. He didn't, do, he didn't touch his listings. He done nothing. He just said, there's, you know, there's the keys. And do your yeah. thing and, and yeah also, he hadn't launched any new products for a long time like it was i think it, oh, had it, been, it had been consistent it was very consistent yeah, yeah for, for a couple of years yeah yeah so like he had a business hadn't really it focused on it a bit he got it more profitable hadn't like you grew it 300 basically by using products that he'd been selling for a couple of years that he got more profit out of um and then you were able to basically, using the strategies that you just talked about, grow an existing business that was 
that I had no more work required basically <laughs> from from what he was doing which is amazing and it's not just the yeah. sales like you said it's it's also the profitability as well by focusing in on the ones that are making profit already yeah and and 3x in you know 3 3x in a a business that's already doing you know without without giving away numbers but you know it's significant amount of profit each month enough for you know most people to live on comfortably 3x in that is is significant right absolutely and there's you know, no no shame in saying it was you know, a, a seven figure exit but you know it, literally taking taking something that's already doing really well and thinking that, that that's the ceiling that that's the point right what what got you here won't get you there and that's where we find most people kind of get stuck. They they get they get to that level and they just don't know how to how to push through that that ceiling. And that's where the, the whole scaling piece comes in. But you can only do that once you've already got everything, all the other ducks in a row. You know, you've got a great conversion, you've got that great social proof with you know lots of reviews and high star rating. Once you're there, you can you, know, you can really push them. Awesome. And then with that, then what maybe gives people an example so say someone's listening to this right now and they're like yeah i feel like i'm a bit like brett um i've I've, you know i've got some good products i just don't know how else to get more out of them like what kind of thought process you mentioned product ads which is basically being able to advertise on someone else's product that is a similar it's not the same product but it is like a complementary product was there anything else that you that you did or is there any kind of other thought processes that people can go through when they're like kind of looking at this stuff and saying, well, what else could I think about doing? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> sponsored products is still the it's still the lion's share, right? It's still, on average, for us, around seventy percent of all advertising sales still come through sponsored product ads, and that's typically because it's bottom of the funnel, right? It's people are ready to buy. Like it is, if everyone's seen the the, the advertising funnel, like. You got brand awareness and you know, consideration at the top, and, and bottom of the funnel is the most the most narrow. That's typically where sponsored products come in. Sponsored brands and sponsored display now, obviously, you know, covering the, the the rest of that funnel, and layering those on was kind of the like with, 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 with Brett in particular, the the product targeting, so targeting the entire category, which. You know, getting in front of all these different products and targeting competitors that directly taking away a bunch of their sales. That was the the, the the first step. The second step was overlaying all of that with all these you know, different ad types from sponsored brands and sponsored display. So then it's and I, I know you you talked about this um, you know from your corporate corporate days. Like you know you see a TV ad and then you see a billboard and you see a uh, an ad when you walk into the store and then there's an end of aisle and then like it's just con- this constant exposure to a brand has it but people get I talk to people all the time they're like ah, no, it doesn't work online it doesn't work on Amazon I'm like 100% 100% definitely does it's worked for centuries right yep the the, the whole concept of, of marketing hasn't changed you know, over, over the years and that's exactly the same so it's capturing people at different stages of the of the of the buying process, and this is this bit's really like starts to get a, bit, a little bit geeky. But <laughs> like sponsored brands, especially, 
have, have launched loads of new ad types. So it used to just be those three products at the top of page one. That was it. So everybody's bidding for it. It's super expensive. But now they've got lots of different positions now. So actually on product pages, you can have like three or six or even nine brand ads now on a competitor's product page. So there's lots more real estate, which means you can get extra exposure for, for lower cost. And those brand ads typically work well for like the browsing type keywords. So if you're, I haven't got an example prepared, but let's say your uh, keyword is like kitchen gadgets. Like that's yeah. quite a broad keyword, right? That, that could apply to hundreds, if not thousands of, of, of different products. That's someone who's browsing. Like they, they don't know what they're looking for. So when you're, when you're thinking about advertising, you've got to think about the buyer intent. So kitchen gadgets might be a good one. If you sell, you know, I don't know, coffee makers and you sell air fryers and whatever products, like you can have all these, these, these whole range of, of different products in your, in your storefront. And when someone types in kitchen gadgets, if your brand ad you know, displays that you know, this is your range of products, they might not even be looking for your coffee machine, but they see the ad for it, and now you've planted a seed. And then they're searching for something else, and it's like, oh, I'm not looking for that. I'm looking for this type of kitchen accessory. And then they see your, your, your coffee machine again. They weren't looking for a coffee machine, but now a week or two later, they see another ad for a coffee machine. And now they're starting to think, oh, actually, I really want a coffee machine. So then they go looking, and then they're looking for a coffee machine. So now they're actually looking for a specific product. Then they're looking for, oh, I want a stainless, brushed stainless steel coffee machine because my kitchen's all brushed stainless steel, right? So now they're getting very specific. So now they're ready to buy. So now you're hitting them with display ads and you're hitting them with sponsored product ads. So it's capturing them wherever they are throughout that journey. Your chances of sealing the deal at the, at the bottom end of that funnel are massively increased because you've, You've been catching them all the way through. Yeah. And, I mean, it's and layering of, on all these ad types, it does exactly that. It's kind of like when you're driving down the street and you see a billboard ad. It's not like you're immediately going to go drive to wherever that thing is and go buy that product. Exactly. Right? It plants the seed. Mm. Yeah. So I think that's the difference between, I think a lot of people, when they think about selling on Amazon, they don't think of brand building, right? They just think, okay, that's the that's kind of the, the end piece. That's the direct customer. Um However, I think what you're describing there is also a brand building piece because at the end of the day, if the majority of shoppers are going to Amazon anyway, they are going to keep coming back. It doesn't matter whether that day they're shopping for a kitchen gadget or if they're shopping for a garden gadget, right, or whatever. They're going to do the majority of their shopping as a one-stop shop on Amazon, especially now these days, right, when it's harder and harder to get out and actually go and physically buy something. So... I think it's a different mindset of a long-term brand building using sponsored ads over time, which essentially puts you in front of the customer, which to do, which is very different to buy my widget, right? So, I mean, you can use it's both. It's not just selling stuff, right? Yeah, exactly. In, in the early days, when you're starting out with your first product, yeah, you're, you're just trying to make some sales, right? You, and you have to use PPC in a, in a very different way. Yeah. But once you're once you're looking to scale and you're, you're more established and you, and you are ready to take things to that next level these are all the things that, that become super important that are going to take you from you know six figures to seven figures like yeah. that's 
that that's the difference. And I can see, I mean, potentially this is what you might be seeing in trends, but I can see in the future, you know, we, it, then it's not there yet. We know that Amazon likes to trial a lot of things and, you know, we see it, we go, oh, is this a new thing? And then it drops off, right? Because it's not getting any traction. Yeah. But I can imagine them trying to, you know, build a social platform because right now a lot of people are, you know, getting social proof. Obviously we get social proof through reviews, but it's very transactional based stuff right it's like did you like this product or not versus this brand you know I love being a part of a community of what this brand represents and that's kind of where all the other social stuff comes in like Facebook Instagram all those areas but I can imagine in the future that that's exactly what Amazon wants to build out you know they're starting to use sponsored posts and things like that although albeit very very small at this point in time but usually when they do stuff like that you can see where they want to go in terms of brand building as well as keeping everybody on their platform so that they don't need to, you know. They don't need to go to Facebook. Exactly. So that's funny that you mentioned it because I just got an email from Amazon about the transparency program doing exactly that through transparency. So customer engagement, building awareness, emailing your customers or whatever, like actually being able to have them as kind of your customer, but on their Amazon platform. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Of course it does. Amazon's, Amazon's a business, right? They're, they're, they're here to make money, and if we give give Amazon what they want and give their at, at this point their customers what they want, and and you're gonna you're gonna win the game. Like mm-hmm. we're, we're always as sellers, we always seem to try and find these loopholes, and you know what's what's a what's a quick quick win, and you know, there's always lots of black hat strategies out there that you know, end up getting you banned. And at the end of the day, if you just go back to go back to basics create a good product that people want so there's demand for it and market it effectively and you're going to have a successful business, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's, yep. it's quite simple when you, when you break it down that way. What you're describing is, and this is, again, where, where I think people can maybe think a bit broader about their business. Obviously, when you first start, you just want to get those first sales, right? And that's really what you focused on. And that's kind of what you were talking about in terms of using ads to do that. That's sponsored products, Right. That's the way to get someone to see your product, click on it and buy it, right? And happy days. When, when they're ready to buy, yeah. Yeah. That, that's, that's, the, that's the big distinction. Sponsored products at the, the bottom of the funnel, they're much more likely to buy at that point because that it's point. the buyer intent of the keyword. So keyword selection and keyword research is massively important. Not targeting a browsing keyword when you're starting out because that's expensive and you're probably not going to rank very well. So yeah, that at the start, but then as you get more and more established, gradually growing out and, and layering on all that other yeah. stuff to build. So it's yeah. like a target point outwards, right, yeah. from there. And I think as people start to make more money and they then can then start to launch more products and then they can start to build out their storefront and then they can start to think about those higher browsing keywords and how that affects their brand as a total brand and brand building just using the Amazon platform, which is something that we're very um, hot on because where everyone's saying get off Amazon, right? If you can own the Amazon space, which is where people are going to hang out more and more and more as we're just kind of talking about, then that's how you're going to win the the kind of sale game and be able to build a community. And, also- and, that, and Amazon's, Amazon's kind of preempting this right there, there is a lot of talk there's a lot of you see these courses popping up all the time about you know you need to be on spotify uh, spotify shopify you need to uh, 
Spotify. You need to be on Shopify. You need to be doing Facebook ads. You need to be doing Google ads. You need to be doing this and doing that and all the rest of it. And it's one shiny object after the other. And ultimately, Amazon have built an amazing platform. Seller Central is a little bit clunky at times. And it's it's not perfect. But they've built an amazing platform to make us money. why, Why not just focus there? I don't know a single brand. So we worked with over over a hundred brands now. I don't know a single brand that has maximised the on app on Amazon opportunity. Even uh, you know, the, our latest uh, partner that got acquired, they were spending between one hundred and fifty and two hundred grand a month on on ads, and we still hadn't built out every single possible ad, ad type. But we just hadn't got there. Because there's so many and they're, they're quite a big, they're quite a big catalogue. So why would we need to worry about Google ads or Facebook ads when we we're making all these sales and focusing all the budget on Amazon? And most people like they'll go, "Oh, I've maximised the budget there, or that's my budget for Amazon because I've got a budget for over here and a budget for Pinterest ads and a budget for these ads and a budget for those ads." You're just diluting, you're just diluting things, and yeah, you know, I. I Massively, massively suggest focus on focus on Amazon. They're already taking it off Amazon, right? We've sponsored display ads. Mm-hmm. I was going to ask you a question. How many of the brands that you've ever worked with are known or seen in groups or whatever that have actually made Facebook, Google ads, Ping, or Bing and Pinterest ads profitable? No. Yeah, I've never seen one either. I've never seen one business no, model based on those ads I'm, to be profitable for Amazon. I'm, I'm sure, you know, I'm I'm sure there's you know, Google ad experts out there and Facebook ad experts out there who maybe could make external traffic work. But why worry about external traffic when Amazon's already paid? Amazon's invested billions to get these people onto Amazon, right? They're already there. Like We don't need to go and find them and bring them to Amazon. They're already there. We just need yeah. to put our products in front of them. And as far as I know, Amazon is still the number one buyer of Google ads. Yep. <laughs> so they're driving the traffic there. Yeah. Even if they it's, search for, you know, your product on Google, they might show your product just because they're bidding for that spot already. Yeah, exactly. So you can, you can still get, you can still get outside traffic that Amazon's paying for. And and we see this a lot. Like the, the people talk about this flywheel effect and Amazon, especially when you're climbing the ranks fast. Like you suddenly your conversion's great, your sales are great, and you see it all the time, don't you? Where a brand will go from selling five or ten units a day, and then they post saying, "I don't know what's happened, but I've like forty units today," and then it's like seventy units, hundred and fifty units, three hundred units, and people are like, "How is that even possible?" Well, it's because there's, the traffic is there. And now Amazon are putting you in front of the right buyers. They're putting you in front of that right audience. And, and then you're you're still making loads of sales. Your conversion's going up and Amazon's making more money. So Amazon starts advertising you in email broadcasts. They start sending out to, and they've got quite a big email list, right? So they start putting your products in front of quite a few people that weren't even looking for your product. So now you've got that layered on. Then they start spending money on ads, like you said, on, you know, on, on other platforms. And then they've got DS... DSP is a, a whole other conversation, but sponsored display uh, sponsored display ads now with with retargeting and stuff. That's not just on Amazon. So that's other other Amazon owned and unowned sites now. 
So people who are on Twitch, you know, watching someone gaming, suddenly, you know, your your ad pops up in front of them. It's mm. they're already doing a lot of, a lot to bring people in from outside Amazon. You don't need to worry about it. Exactly. And, you know, we hear a lot of people saying, and uh, you know, how these kind of myths become reality. But, you know, Amazon loves outside traffic. Well, yeah, they do. But are you going to be able to afford to spend, you know, converting traffic from outside of Amazon that Amazon cares about? Really? Like, (laughs) you know, realistically, because that's why they love it. Because if you bring outside traffic in and they buy loads of other stuff on Amazon, but it's not your stuff, right? That's why they love it supposedly but at the end of the day it has to work for you and I'm sure they would love it more if you actually just got more sales for them and then they can do all that flywheel effect for you rather than you trying to manufacture it for yourself yeah and it's not as if they have a very great tracking system for you to be able to say oh I've I've sent somebody from Facebook to my Amazon listing and then they know that that's you they just yeah the the new the new updates to Amazon attribution actually do give you more ability now yeah. by creating these tracking tags but still you know if, if they land on a page and they go off and they've gone 50 pages deep and now they've gone and bought a hot tub exactly like, they're not going to give you a dollar for, for a coffee machine exactly yeah. <laughs> so how does that how does that help your business right yeah, yeah absolutely i mean so i think i think we've hopefully we've convinced some people today that you know just if you get focused on the traffic on Amazon and be a ma- become a master like Daryl, right? Probably not, obviously you can't be as good as Daryl clearly, but <laughs> become a master of understanding really where you put your money, how much it's returning. And then what, what's the, what's the objective of what you're doing? And like you said, you know, right out the gate, sure. you want to, you want to get basically a direct sale from a, a keyword that someone wants to buy on. And then as you grow the business, think about how do you actually then start to capture, retarget, if you like, people that are going to see your brand everywhere for, for, for that brand that you're building. So if your brand is a CrossFit brand, then think about what where a CrossFit browser is going to go. What kind of stuff are they going to look for? If their kitchen, if they love like new stuff for their kitchen, then yeah, like kitchen gadgets and stuff like that, or probably they're going to be more about the home generally, right? So just think about what, other things your ideal customer is going to start browsing on so that then you can start to become a brand of choice on Amazon as well. Yep. Awesome. Have you Ooh. got any other thoughts or insights for Amazon sellers before we let you go? Any pearls of wisdom that you were like, you know, I really want people to know this. I think oh, we, we touched on the, the, the retargeting stuff on, on sponsored display. And I think that's fine for, Fine for the bigger sellers that have got the budget to to do that because until you've maximised everything else, there's no point worrying about trying to retarget, you know, bring people in from from elsewhere. I think obviously, I from an agency perspective, I, I look at the the you know, typically the bigger accounts. I think where people typically need the most help, like the, the the smaller accounts, it's because they're trying to do all of these things, right? They hear all these. They listen to a podcast talking about sponsored display and retargeting. They go, I need to go and do that. I need brand ads. I need this. You you don't need that until you're ready for that, until you've got enough, until you've maximized the the basics. So I think probably the the biggest thing that applies to anyone, even some of the big big accounts that that we manage, they're not doing the basic things. 
Yeah. Right? And that is trying to go for keywords, like going for keywords that they can't afford, overpaying for, for, for stuff, trying to do too much with too little, stretching the budget too thin that runs out, you know, at midday. Well, how does that help you for the, the other 12 hours while your competition is still selling on the keywords that you want to rank on? So identifying those keywords that are buying keywords, not browsing keywords, it's got specific buyer intent. And maybe, and probably even trimming out your campaigns, right? Focusing on fewer keywords, focusing on fewer ad types, fewer campaigns, and really focusing that budget. You'll be surprised how much more you can increase sales most of the time just by having fewer keywords because your budget is going on fewer keywords. And if you're not spent, if let's say you've got five keywords that you're, you're focusing on and you've got a $50 a day budget and you spend that $50 a day budget, why do you need any more keywords? You know, you want to rank on those five keywords. Are you, are you high on page one for all five? No, we'll keep focusing on them then. Increase your budget, $75. I'm spending $75. We increase your budget again. Like if you're profitable, so you want to optimize, make sure you're a break even, then scale your budget. Then optimize, make sure your A cost is within your break even range, and increase your budget. Once you can't spend any more, that's the time to start adding more keywords. So gradually building out and, and growing from the, the, like you said, the pointy end, the, the real high buyer intent, the higher the better because that's going to convert better. It's going to be cheaper for you. Start there and then gradually build out. Yeah, no, very, very good advice because people are in this for the long game, right? So you don't have to get 100 sales a day. I mean, it's awesome if you do, but right out of the gate. So the point is, guys, is that just think about, like you just said, you know, your first target, then your second target, then your third target, and do it within your budget range because that's how you number one you're also going to be able to manage it a lot better because you're only focusing on a few keywords so you'll be able to know what's working what's not working yeah. you're able to kind of get rid of stuff if it's not working right and put more stuff in and so by just starting off in that kind of focused simple way you're going to be able to then figure out what you should do next like you just kind of said right even even for people that have already built out a bunch of campaigns and they've got you know 25, 50, 100 keywords in in their campaigns and they're, oh, my ACOS is you know, through the roof and I can't get it down. The easiest way, and the first thing I do when I take over an account is kind of <clears throat> you know, like battlefield triage, right? Where's 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 the quick win? Where, where do you stem the bleed? And the, the easiest thing is, oh, that campaign, the last 30 days, last 60 days, has got spend but no sales. Turn it off. You haven't lost any sales, right? Yeah. So people are always scared to turn stuff off because, oh, my sales might tank. Well, they might tank if you turn off the keywords that are driving you sales. But the stuff that's just getting clicks and not and not generating any revenue, that's not contributing to your sales either, is it? Right. So if you turn off all of those keywords that aren't, you know, they've all got one click, one click, two clicks, one click, two clicks. They haven't generated you a sale. Now you've just halved your ad spend and your sales have stayed the same. Well, what's just happened to your ACOS? It just reduced it by half yeah that's a quick win yeah yeah i think it's funny because a lot of people are scared to turn stuff off because they're like but daryl what about you know some person's gonna find this one day and buy on it right it's like this 
this mythical customer that looks yeah. at the weirdest keywords that's going to buy on it. And then, yeah, that that's going to save their campaign somehow, some way. Um, but yeah, it just, it, I mean, it's just, the, the, I think the real problem for most people is that they don't like sifting through numbers and data and stuff like that. And if you're not good at that, PPC is not going to be fun for you. And I don't, I won't say if PPC is fun for anybody. Um, it's, it can be interesting and you can learn stuff from it, but it's not like, Hey, you know what? This is a lot of fun. Like going through spreadsheets and stuff like that and sifting through campaigns isn't fun. But when you actually start making money and, and becoming profitable, that's when you're like, Oh, well, it was that's totally fun. worth it. Yeah. yeah. Everyone, everyone likes making money, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. I think that's what it is. If you can tie the kind of hard bit to the fun bit, then you want to do it all day long, right? And you want to master it because you know then if you just do, if you just tweak this one thing, that it's going to make this. Yeah. Cool. But that's what you guys do all day and every day, which is awesome. Um, so that's what we're going to do. We're going to add a link to Sponsored Profit in the show notes. And if our audience has any questions, so we might have some people that, you know, want that managed for them. Who is your ideal person that you can help? Like who would that, who would that be from a partner's side or an agency side? From from the agency side, we've we've kind of gone gone full circle a little over, over over the last couple of years. We we started out trying to help everybody, and it turns out that that's that wasn't the right thing to do because you know, people are at different stages of their business, and it doesn't always make sense to to pay to pay an agency, right? That's it just doesn't. You know, we're not here just to take people's money, so we we kind of set quite a high bar. For, for a while but then we realized that there's still a lot of people in between wanting to do it themselves and and you know being a what we were would would coin in a you know, good fit for the agency but yeah there, there isn't really any hard and fast rules it's you know typically someone who's got the you know an investment mindset you know they, they want to invest and grow their business they are at that point where they're ready to start building a brand you know they're, they're not just looking to to reduce their ACOS or you know make some make some savings, you know we've got other stuff you know training and, and tools to to help with that kind of thing. But if you're really looking to to grow things and take things to the next level and you're prepared to invest, then you know, let's let's have a chat. You know, there's, there's no hard and fast. You know you have to be spending this much or or selling that much. It's it's case by case basis. And if we think you know there's opportunity there and and it makes sense to you know, to pay us to do it then, then we'll have that discussion awesome well i want to thank you daryl uh from from both of us obviously we it's been a while since we have actually talked and it's been even longer since we've actually been able to have yes. a beer together so at some point that's going to happen and it's going to be awesome but uh that's you know, definitely going to change soon yeah <laughs> uh vegas is pretty much open so if you get a you get the green the, the green light from the uk okay. government <laughs> just, just let yep. me know first flight all right so again yeah thanks daryl for all the great insights and strategies on how to think about and get you know help with amazon ads and keep your cash flowing in your business and guys if you like what you heard today please be sure to hit the subscribe button and share our podcast with friends who might get value out of it as well also to get some absolutely free training on what it takes to have a successful business to fill your lifestyle head to www.goteamreal.com to download our free training today And we'll see you next week for the next Sprint to Profit episode. And as always, we wish you the best for you and your business. Bye for now. Don't forget to subscribe. And if you would like to get more information about selling on Amazon, head to goteamreal.com for some absolutely free training.